Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Football Friday. What's going on, peeps? Woohoo! Mike Blue to Jay Martinez. On FST and Fantasy Sports Radio Network, thanks for listening. On TuneIn on iHeartRadio, and as always. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yeah, free to download, free to listen. So, uh, we'll get to it. There's no, uh, there's no uh, misgivings about what's going on this weekend. Best weekend of football, I think, every year. I agree. It's the weekend I have the most fun watching the games. I think it's the highest quality of football that you can watch. We've seen in recent years the NFC Championship game be blowouts. Uh, I think two teams can be going can. You know, a lot of times in the championship games, a team is sort of mm-hmm. out of gas. You know what I mean? Or they come off a huge emotional win like Minnesota did last year, and they get run off the field in the second half in Philly. But this week, you got a couple of teams that are rested and a whole bunch of hot teams, uh, not the least of which uh, is the Indianapolis Colts. We'll go game by game and break all this stuff down. Uh, Dane, I think you and I, as far as the picks this weekend – are effectively at least 75% on the same page, and we may be 100% on the same page. But, um, you know, we'll get to some other stories as well, but clearly the games for tomorrow are the ones I want to get started with. So Colts-Chiefs, you know, this this spread has settled in at five. It hasn't really moved much. We've been talking about that spread all week. Do I expect some last-minute movement? I think it's possible. Uh, I was listening to a podcast last night, um, the Behind the Bets podcast uh, oh, yeah. on ESPN. And Scooch. They have me possibly changing my mind, uh, even though I've been feeling good about the five uh, points. Uh, basically, the thought process from the guy who runs the book, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was saying that uh, there's just a, too much of a gap in these two teams right now and the public money – uh, a lot of the money line bets are coming in on the Colts, which isn't so alarming, except that he feels like the five probably isn't enough and the Chiefs are a superior team. I'm just worried about the way the Chiefs closed the season, Dane. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday. They went three and three down the stretch. Two of the wins were against Oakland, and right. one of them was a tight game against Oakland. Overtime. And the other one was the overtime win against the Ravens. Yeah, I listen, I – the more I look at it, I see it differently than 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 those guys blew it. I I I think I'm I'm convinced myself more and more of the Colts. My only question is, do I take the five points and do I have the stones to bet them outright? You know, we've said these things, right? The Chiefs are three and three in their last six, with the Raiders being their two of their three wins. We've talked about how hot Andrew Luck is. Here's the other thing I want to give you. 
uh, and the thing that I'm, I'm really going to start to hang my hat on. I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks about my fear on these first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, I think, was inaccurate. Lamar Jackson fumbling, you know, even Trubisky had a QBR below 50, right? I think that especially when you have a quote-unquote gunslinger like Patty Mahomes, the risk taker. You know, he's had a lot of 50-50 plays that have come up roses for him all season long. You know, a lot of plays where you're like, oh, my God, no, 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 yes, that sort of thing, right? right. And when you hit the bigger stage, the brighter lights, right, And with a quarterback that, in my opinion, has a lot of variance in his play, and then you put – you mix that with the stage as well – um, that, that worries me, you know, all it takes is for one of those coin flips to come up tails instead of heads. And, uh, I think that's a problem. And I think Marlon Mack can have, a way, have his way running behind this offensive line against that run defense. Yeah. And the Colts defense did have a, uh, a solid, a, a really good year. Obviously they finished yeah. top 10 in points allowed. They were 10th, uh, as far as passing defense, uh, they give they give up a decent amount of yards per play. They limited the amount of touchdowns. Uh, only gave up 21 passing touchdowns, which was the third least in the entire league. And they're about mid-range passing defense across the board. Similarly, you know, they gave up the eighth least yards in the league, rushing the ball and the sixth least touch uh, yards per carry. So, which isn't always an entirely reflective stat, but on the whole, they did a pretty good job defensively and I think we are starting to learn about who some of these players are they don't have a standout pass yeah. rusher but Denico Autry can picked up I think nine and a half sacks Darius Leonard led the league in tackles you know we're right, as a rookie and they, yeah. the key and the key is they've been playing so much better in these these 10 of 11 that they've won um and I don't think the Chiefs are getting to the Super Bowl I've said this for a number of weeks now I think they maybe peaked a little too early slash right. I don't like the fact that they can't stop the run at all. Um, so and no one wants to I, say it, but losing Kareem Hunt is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, but Damian Williams has been effective, man. He has, but he's a different kind of guy. He's not a he's not Kareem Hunt. He's more of a dynamic, shifty, you know, burst of speed kind of guy. You really think he's a three down guy like Kareem Hunt is? No, he's not Kareem Hunt, but, you know, James Conner wasn't Le'Veon Bell, and they didn't really miss a beat running the ball. For some reason, they stopped running the ball in Pittsburgh, but uh, it wasn't because James Conner and even Jalen Samuels wasn't effective. They just put the ball on the games on Ben's shoulder, and, you know, things didn't go exactly as anticipated this season. But Yeah, I I think it makes him slightly easier to defend. When you know yeah. what Damian Williams is, as opposed to Kareem Hunt, I, you know they're still a very prolific offense. But I do think it makes them slightly easier to defend, and they are three and three since that went down. Yeah, this is the fifth postseason meeting between the teams, and the first since the 2013 playoffs. Do you remember what happened in that one? Oh, I certainly do. Yeah, that was, certainly. I think, both teams went over 40 in that one, and the Colts had a huge comeback. I remember yep. that one. I remember watching yeah. that one with uh, Alex Smith as the uh, Chiefs yeah. quarterback and Andrew Luck going right. back and forth. 45-44 on wild card yeah. weekend. The Colts lead the postseason series 4-0, including the postseason Indy holds a 69 advantage all time. And there was a massive comeback there. I, I want to say it was yep. 
24 points, points maybe. Maybe that sounds right. That's I thought it was 24, right. but yeah. High. And that was also the one where there was like Andrew Luck, there was a fumble, and Andrew Luck like picked it up and dove yeah. for the, one of those touchdowns. That's one of the highlight Fair plays up. I remember from that game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, we all know they won. The Chiefs won the AFC division title for the second consecutive season, their longest streak, excuse me, for the third consecutive season. That's the longest streak in franchise history. Uh, Mahomes, second player in NFL, 1,000 passing yards and 50 touchdown passes in a single season. You know who the other one was? Uh, Peyton Manning, no? Or Drew Brees? Right. Peyton Manning. No, I'll say Peyton. Peyton. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Tyreek Hill set the single-season franchise record with 1,479 passing yards. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, honestly, the Chargers pass game is a really tough one to call, but the further through the week that this is getting, this one's a little tougher to call. My initial reaction was Colts. I don't think the Chiefs are going to get to the Super Bowl. Right. But do they survive this one and lose the next one? Um, you know, we're talking about all kinds of weather in uh, New, England New England on Sunday. I, I, don't, I haven't even checked what the weather is going to be in Kansas City. Mid-30s, so but no precipitation. Yeah, Mid-30s, 32. but no precipitation. Yeah, it says flurries, but flurries are no big deal. Um, yeah. Um, what I'm looking at. That, that's not going to be a big deal. It's 4.30, uh, so it could get pretty cold there towards the end of it, and the Colts are a dome team, but I don't know. I, I, I never think that that stuff impacts teams that badly. Uh, so, you know, we'll make our official picks, I suppose, at the end of the hour, but i, I got to say that this one, I, I've heard some conflicting opinions on this one now, and it's starting to jam me up a little bit. We talked to Dave. Got to go with your gut, Blewett. Yeah, I know. It's usually why I'll, I'll end up taking the points in a game like this just to it's a little bit of a hedge i think the colts have a shot but maybe (laughs) the chiefs are gonna win uh so we got that one uh and obviously the other game tomorrow is cowboys rams we'll do some other nfl stories in in the middle segment and and to do the the official picks and and we'll go over all these games obviously today uh on some level but one last thing on the chiefs game real quick absolutely you know we're doing this uh early 2019 mock draft yes. Uh, with, with some of our guys. Corey Parson from mm-hmm. the 11 spot. Corey Parson from the 11 spot. Three of his first four picks are Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams, and Pat Mahomes. Would you ever go so all in on a team, even though I know it's the Chiefs and how prolific they've been, would you take, like, the entire triplets of one team? Um. Like, would I it have ever I'm... been smart to have Big Ben, A.B., and Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, obviously, it would have been smart. So you ride with yeah. Mahomes, Hill, and Damian Williams as a good strategy? And it would have been very hard to pull off what you just said right. with Le'Veon and A.B. Because both, both of those right. guys were top five right. fantasy sure. players. But, yeah, if you were in some sort of dynasty league and you had Le'Veon and A.B. and Ben. Just grab Ben to you know, cover the offense? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's fine to do that. I don't, I don't think three is hmm. egregious. I think doing it three out of four picks, you're trying to get us to talk about you a little bit, <laughs> which, I, which, right. which I don't mind. I don't mind. It's, just, it's for fun, and we can, we can. Bring oh yeah, up that's why strategies. I picked Love Bell two overall. You know, I get it. He also has Mike Thomas. So like, like honestly, after four picks, he has Mike Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams. And Pat Mahomes, the worst pick there is Damian Williams because right. he's banking that he's the exactly, starting running back. Right? Yeah, we don't know exactly what the role is going to be. Uh, it's too early for me to take a quarterback personally, but if you're going to take Pat Mahomes and you get him at the 
What was that? The in beginning the of the fourth round? It's not crazy. Yeah. It's just no, not something you. I normally would do. Uh, All right, but cool. yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so next game is uh, Cowboys Rams. That one holding at seven and a half right now. Two plus two sixty on the money line for the cow. Plus one eighty two on the Chiefs for the money line. By the way, you're getting even more value than you were earlier in the week, despite mm. the spread not moving. Uh, plus two sixty on the Cowboys uh, for a team that. I think the style of football they play, we've talked about this already. I think this is better than their team was a couple of years ago. And you play this style of football, you can really win any game. Do you right. know what I mean? Travels. It's yep. just Dak is going to be Running on the road defense. at night, bright lights, um, and can Dak hold up under the pressure that Aaron Donald creates? Now, there's, I think, a misperception that we've talked about before that the Rams have a great pass rush because Aaron Donald is there. But the reality is Aaron Donald is the pass rush, and nobody else has really brought anything this year to them. A little weak at the linebacker position. They obviously have some high-profile veterans in the defensive backfield. Will they be able to get the Cowboys off the field on third down and or can Dak convert some of those big third downs? That's going to be the story of this game for me. Can the Rams blow their doors off? Yeah. I think they could, but the Cowboys are really playing against that uh, possibility right. lately. The Colts did it to them, I guess it's about a month ago now. Yep. But really, the Cowboys are going to keep games tight, and they're winning most of them. Yeah, you know, this line right now that I see at 7.5, I'd love it so much better if it was 6.5. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talked about their pass rush, and that's right. That's why they went out and got Dante Fowler, right, in the middle of the season because they knew they still needed to address some of that. What I think is interesting here in this one, because to me, that 7.5, that hook scares me a lot. I do think the Rams win this game. I do think the way the Cowboys play, you know, lends itself to maybe, you know, staying close or the back door could be open in this one. What I also think is intriguing here is the total in this one, Blewett. You know, I'm seeing it at 49 and a half. And and, and to me, that's Vegas hedging their bet on the idea of style makes fight, right? It seems to me that they don't know what's going to rule the day, the Rams offense, or will the Cowboys be able to apply their style in this game? I think that is a very interesting thing. So if you feel strongly one way or the other about whose style can win this fight, I think that's something really, really interesting. And I kind of lean towards the Cowboys, but you know, I can't bet an under in the NFL in 2019, blow it. Do you think this yeah. could be under, though, if, if, if the Cowboys can run the ball, control the clock a little bit, play some good defense? Yes, I, I do think so. But it would be the Cowboys really controlling the game in order to lose it. Vegas is telling you basically they expect a 29-21 game. That's really what you're looking at. So Right, the 7.5. 29 29-21. The game sort of makes sense Yeah, they're sense expecting a 28-21 game, yeah. Yeah, but so. I, I, I don't know. It's, it seemed like, you know how like we always say like five is a dead number? I feel like they're hanging a dead total right here almost. Yeah. Well, you got to kind of, you know, hedging their bet, splitting the middle, yeah. You got, I, I'm surprised it didn't move yet, but you got to right. figure the late money is going to come in on the Cowboys to get value bets and to get points. With that and hook? Frankly, because they're the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I would think that that will happen, but you know. Uh, anyway, a couple stats on this one, one before bet, I let you come. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say the Rams won the NFC West in consecutive seasons for the first time since 1973 to 79 when they won all those years in a row. Uh, enter the postseason. The two seed, obviously, L.A. led the conference in total offense with 421 yards per game at 32.9 points per game. Um, and while running back Todd Gurley led the NFL with 21 scrimmage touchdowns, ranked fourth. And while to- Todd Gurley had 21 scrimmage touchdowns and ranked fourth with 1,831 scrimmage yards, I mentioned Aaron Donald, 20 and a half sacks. Uh, the Cowboys, we know all about last week when Zeke ran for 170 yards. This is the ninth postseason meeting between the teams, and it's the first since yeah. the 1985 NFC Divisional Playoffs. It's a really long time. The Rams won that game 20 to nothing, and I remember that playoff vividly. I Was was that the Flipper kid. Anderson game? No. No. Okay. No. Um, I think Flipper Anderson did it against the Saints. I think it was okay. regular season, but okay. I remember that vividly because the NFC NFC divisional playoffs in '85, there were a ton of shutouts. The Rams beat them oh, yeah. twenty to nothing on the other and side. The, the Giants were getting blanked, out, right? right? The Giants are getting blanked by the Bears in that game where Sean Landetta missed the punt because of the wind. He like right. tried to loft the punt out there and he missed the kick, and the Bears scored a touchdown. And then the Bears the next week. Blank the Rams. They went shut out, right. shut out, and then destroyed New England in the Super Bowl. So uh, a little bit of a history there for you. So, okay, go ahead. Back to you on this game. No, I was just wondering because the way the narrative's been and what I feel is I like both the Rams and the Saints, the chalk in the NFC, but these so spreads being both over a touchdown are a little bit scary to me. I know we've talked about, like, uh, teasing him versus like the money line parlays, and I had a chance to ta- yeah. talk with Gabe Morency on his show yesterday, and he actually literally did the math for me and showed that yeah. it was a better value at like you know minus one thirty instead of minus one fifty if you tease them both. Yeah, I think that would be the move for me uh, if you don't have the confidence, like you're sort of displaying, you're being a little wishy washy on the seven and a half, and I totally understand that. But I yeah. think the move would be to tease it down. Uh, I'd feel very confident the Saints uh, minus one. If you get the Rams and Saints both the under a field goal, yeah. If you can get them both yeah, low, they, yeah, I would they tease them. Both have to win the game. So, right. exactly. uh, so I like it. So, all right, we're gonna come back. We'll do the little Antonio Brown. I'm sure you guys all love that. It's Mike and Dana on FST. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy. Adam Gase can develop a quarterback because Jay Cutler threw 22 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and this is what makes Adam Gase a quarterback whisperer. He helped, helped 
Peyton Manning throw 55 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. This was the biggest hire in Jets history. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. If you want to call him a franchise quarterback, they finally have one, Sam Darnold. Biggest hire in Jets history. You hire a coach from Miami? Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. They need your help to survive. Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help. Maurice Allen. 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Back on FST. A little bit of Foo Fighters to get you going on this football Friday. So if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to Bet DSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge uh-huh. with live betting at Bet DSI. Where you can wager, uh, that's right, you know, your reality TV. <laughs> or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. So use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match so i just found out my buddy dane here got nominated and my buddy scott got nominated the best radio show finalist this is uh the fsta awards when do they give those out later at this the month? fsta conference which happens down in tampa later on this month yeah that's they right announce yeah, the couple, yeah. yeah like a couple weeks a couple weeks away so dane got fantasy football frenzy got nominated so that's Corey and jim day Corey Ventura, parson and jim, jim day, day. Yeah. And then it is Roto Experts in the Morning. So that's Dane and Scott. I've been on that show a million times. Dane and Scott have done a great job with it this year, so I'm happy to have them nominated. Looking at some other ones there. Some of the competition stiff, some of it not so much. You know, what am I going to yeah, say? Fair so, enough. Hey. Well, listen, you know. Uh, but I can't make fun because we didn't get nominated for this show. So I can't make fun of those enough. shows. Big shout out to Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture over on the Frenzy. And just all the more reason why you need to tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are critically acclaimed, my friend. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, where were we? Oh, Antonio Brown. So, Art Rooney second. That's pretty bold statements by him, obviously. He really said is. it's hard to envision Antonio Brown being with the team for training camp right now. While I think there's no reasons to make any decisions. Uh, I think that's the key. 
There's not much we do right now. This is a quote from Art Rooney II. We have time to make a decision. We'll look at all the options. We're not going to release them. That's not on the table. But I will say all other options are on the table. Whether the situation can be reconciled and have him back on the team next year, we're a long way from thinking that can happen. We're not closing the door on anything at this point. Uh, as it says here in the article, according to Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk, Giants co-owner John Mara put the possibility of a trade involving Odell Beckham on the table last offseason before the team wound up working out a long-term deal with the wideout. Now, uh, I'll stop there with the article and just state that I still think there's a better chance he's back than he's not, but this brings it a lot closer to 50-50 to me. Uh, those are harsh criticisms, but I don't think people should overreact and say that he's gone, he's out. I think they need to work through some stuff. But an important difference is that Odell never just walked out on the team. It was effectively a playoff game. The Steelers have every right to look at it like that. Say he was in a bad mood, so he didn't show up to practice, and he he made himself ineligible for the game. They should not have played him on that Sunday. I don't know if anybody else thinks that because he was fine and ready to go. He should play. He should not play. The Steelers have rules in place. He made himself inactive by not showing up to practices and walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think I, I think that's the big difference. Odell has had some problematic behavior, but Antonio Brown has two, and he quit on the team in what was effectively a playoff game. I agree with you largely, Blewett. Um, you know, there has definitely been something going on with Antonio Brown this year. Okay. I will. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yep. Definitely. And while I agree with you that these are strong statements from the top of the food chain at Pittsburgh. And while I agree with you that this makes it closer to 50, 50 in my mind, this makes it closer to 50, 50, but from like 99% down to 90%. I think there is no reason from now until, you know, March 8th, <laughs> that there's any reason that these guys need to, that Rooney or anybody else in that organization needs to tell the truth to the media about what they're really thinking here you know i don't i don't know and and this is kind of the time of like you know hot heads right now they're all close to the moment let's see what happens after everybody takes their vacation they come on back you know and that sort of thing and i i i think there's a lot of talk and i don't really think this is going to happen i i think people who assume this stuff or trying to think about where a b might land i think that's way too far ahead of the game yeah when I say closer to 50-50, I don't think it's 50-50. Right. I, think, yeah. uh, I think 90 is probably higher than I would go. I'd probably have it somewhere in the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh, you know, 20, 20 to 25% chance that they work something okay. out. It's just a huge contract to move. I was taking a look at salary caps last night, and I don't know how much money you can move around. $22 million bucks. You know, these guys yeah. have other – these teams have other people to sign – Everybody's going to say, well, the Jets and Colts have so much cap space. Yeah, do you want to bring that guy into your team when you have no. a young quarterback? And, the Je- and if you're the, the Colts, the che- they're better the than the Steelers right now. Yeah, yeah like what do they need Antonio Brown for? They can go out and get somebody in the draft and develop him with Andrew Lux. So uh, the Niners are somebody that I took a look at. I don't know if the Niners would want to want to deal with that with, with Jimmy mm. G coming back off an injury. But Pierre Garçon won't be there anymore. They've been piecing it together. Dante Pettis is a piece for them long term, but... Kendrick Bourne and Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin's got a deal there now, but can you envision a, an Antonio Brown, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis trifecta? That's pretty interesting, along with George Kittle. 
They are, have already paid Jarek McKinnon. They still have a lot of cap space, $64 million when I checked last night. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. You know, if you're just Don't the Cleveland Browns have some money? I mean, I think anybody would be willing to take the deal if they are very motivated to take to get rid of the and salary and get right. and get something back for it. Like, that's the thing. You're asking a team to take on $22 bucks in salary and let's get a one. They're going to be like, no. Yeah. We'll just, take, we'll just take the salary and give you a three. Like, that, that's the problem with that deal. It's so big, the Steelers can't right. get any value back. They're just trying to get them off the team. The, the value is really just getting him off the books. Right, exactly. So to ask the team to take that on and then play, pay the draft capital, I hear you and I agree. I, I just I don't think it's going to happen. And, and people are also talking about, you know, I think it's like a 20, 20 million cap it. And people are like, oh, well, they're saving 14 from Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't work that way, you know. That just goes into their options yeah, and the they have other needs cap-its. to address. Yeah, yeah they didn't know, pay so Le'Veon Bell at all happen. this year. I don't think it's think happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. But you know these these statements are are real statements. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think they're fugazi, as you would say. But I yeah, think but so, they are. No, I, I think they're it, telling and in how angry they are. That's fair. But how angry they are now and how angry they are when it matters in three months are two very different things. And coaches and GMs talk all the time, like two weeks before the draft. And those are public statements. And I don't believe them worth a damn. You know, so I may I may even believe that that's how Art Rooney feels right now. But I don't think it's going to matter come March. Uh, I agree. I think you're uh, I, I think that time heals all wounds so to speak, and yeah. you had Gronk a year ago talking about retiring and he ended up playing right. a whole year. Things like these, things like this happen right at the end of the season, but at it's safe to say year, they're, right. they're very ticked off uh, with him and his behavior. So um, we did the, all the coaching stuff yesterday. Um, I know. Of which, so in a similar, on a similar vein, Leonard Fournette met with Jacksonville yeah, so. leadership to quote-unquote clear the air. You know what I'm that's saying? Right. Like, that's exactly what Antonio Brown and Rooney and Tomlin are going to do in two months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that, you know, Fournette just got ahead of the game. And now what's going to happen? They clear the air, and they're going to move forward together. So I think that's an interesting piece of news that crossed for me that's similar to what we were just talking about with Antonio Brown. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, okay, here is – Let's flip it back over to the games because, you know, we only got so much time here. We're not an award-winning show, but I think we do a pretty good job. So yeah, yeah, we do a damn good job. Let's try to get through it. So uh, New England Tom, no, New England quarterback Tom Brady and the Patriots welcome Phil Rivers and the L.A. Chargers to Gillette at 1 o'clock this Sunday. So Brady is 41 years and 163 days old on Sunday. Rivers will be 37 years and 36 days old. They combined for a total of 28,688 <laughs> days old. It's the oldest combined age by opposing starting quarterbacks in a postseason game in NFL history. Previously, wow. uh, a few years ago when Manning played Brady, that was the previous right. record. It was 28,603 days, so they beat it by about 85, uh, exactly 85 days. Uh, you had Elway and Marino, Moon and Montana, Brady and Roethlisberger just uh, a couple of years ago. So um, to speak about that game in general, I know this is the one that you're having a problem with. I think I'm in the same boat. Uh, 
I think New England is seven and one in this spot. They do very well against the spread in seven and one against in divisional playoffs. And you got the Chargers coming in here. It's going to be twenty two degrees. There's talk of it potentially snowing, although that's not currently showing on uh, what I'm looking at. And betting against Belichick and Brady in this spot is going to be a tough one. I, I think the Chargers having to play in the ten a.m. Pacific time slot two weeks in a row the NFL really wasn't doing them any favors listen you know how much I've loved the Chargers all season long blew it you do and honestly I had them last week you know I would have taken I would be real excited about the the Chargers if they were in Arrowhead this week I would be real excited if they were playing the Texans this week I really you know I would like them against pretty much everybody except having to, just like you said, in the 10 a.m. spot, travel to New England where the NFL, like, sets up the sacrificial lamb for the Patriots every season, you know. And I love the Chargers, but I can't actually bet money on them in this spot. I still want the Chargers to win. I want my preseason prediction to be correct for the second year in a row. You know, last year I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I can't bail. What I can do, though, is say that I'm passing on this game to make a bet on. I want the Chargers to win, but I cannot put my money on the Chargers in this spot. I get it. Hedge, yes, I accept it, yes, but, you know, it's like I almost said I wanted to take the Patriots on freestyle last night, and I literally vomited in my mouth. So, I I, I just, I'm serious. I've been saying this for like a <laughs> you month. You check the video. I literally yeah. almost puked. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Nice visual. Thank you. So, I, I just been saying for like four, five, six weeks now that the Chargers are the most complete team in the AFC, I feel right. terrible picking against them. That's why I, at the sort yeah, of last the minute, yeah. hemming, hemming and hawing all last week, I did end up picking the Chargers to cover against the Ravens, and they, they really badly outplayed them. Like, they made Lamar Jackson look like an amateur, and um, they ended up winning that game going away. And, by the way, the kicker was awesome. You know, yeah. I don't know if they should have kicked all those field goals, but Badgley out kicking Tucker was the that was the uh, prop bet of and the week. And that's a huge thing for that. the Chargers. You know, I know. the Chargers have been saddled by the kickers all you know for the last decade. Yeah, um, but I just wonder how successful this offense is going to be when you look at like, when you look at New England defensively. Nobody's impressed, but. Right. Um, you know, they were able to limit teams running the ball. Um, they they get teams. What, what New England's really good at, and we, we know this every year, they don't care if they give a whole bunch of yards. In fact, this year they were 21st in the league right. giving up yards. Bend but they were, seventh in point, they, were, they were seventh in points allowed. And they're good at getting teams off the field on third down, typically. Uh, this year they had their opponents were – had the shortest drive time, average drive time of any opponent set in the whole league. So the the Patriots were getting teams off the field quicker than every other team in the league. So um, I think that speaks to really what they're good at. They focus on third down defense and situational football in a way that 
really nobody, I can't say nobody else does, but they do it better than everybody else does. It's why they've won Super Bowls, because of yeah. Malcolm Butler practicing that interception. I, I just think right. that that's why they're so good in the playoffs. They're very good at situational football, the best. Why Bel- Belichick is the best. Uh, you hear players that leave there, whether they like him or not, they talk specifically about how they practice situational football constantly, and it's what what might be a hole in some other coaches' games. So um, I, I think that's why I'm struggling with it. I will take the points here. I think the Chargers are an absolutely live dog, and I could see New England winning a three- or four-point game. Um, so I'll, I'll take the points as far as gambling goes. Yeah, you know, I, I just – I want to abstain if at all possible. Um, I will take the points in the Los Angeles Chargers as well. You talk about, like, the adjustments that they make, you know, in the situational football. One of the adjustments Gus Bradley made last week was, you know, putting those three safeties at the linebacker level, right, second time around against Lamar. So here's what I want to ask you. I'm going to give you a multiple-choice question, uh, Blewett. Do you think they, you know, deploy – all-pro rookie safety Derwin James, A, to cover Gronk, B, to be up in the box and even blitz Tom Brady along with Ingram and Boza, or C, to keep a very close eye on a guy like James White out of the backfield? I think – Or D, uh, all of the Tom above. Brady. I think I think You think Tom, they try to put the actual Tom pressure Brady on? Tom Brady is a terrible call. No, I think the oh, blitz oh, of Tom okay. Brady is a terrible call. So my first guess it, – it's been Gronk forever – uh, I think he'll be a little bit healthier for this game, one would suspect, right. and I think he'll be a weapon in this game. But I think you really want to try and take James White out of it. He's so key in picking up first downs uh, that I think it's tough. Now, they still have a lot of weapons. As much as we, people are taking shots at the Patriots and they've looked like a bad team uh, on certain occasions this year, they still have a lot of weapons offensively. Gronk, if he can even be average Gronk. You have Edelman, yep. who's a first down machine. You have James White. Those are three in and of itself. Sonny Michel has proven to be a one-dimensional back for them this season, but he's been an effective uh, one-dimensional back. So um, uh, my first guess would be to eliminate James White. If you were playing the Patriots style of defense and eliminating the top weapon, right. you know it's Melvin Gordon. Left. On the flip, on the flip side, the number one weapon for the Patriots this year has been James White. Yeah, I could see that too. I just think it's un- interesting because James White is such a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I mean, excuse me, yeah. because Derwin James is such a Swiss Army knife, and because we're talking James about White like. Too. That's true. That's true. You know, we're talking about the defensive adjustments. I think that's going to be something really interesting to watch in this game. And if I give you a prop bet, is this the last time Gronk ever plays in Foxborough? Is this Gronk's last ever home game in his career? You take the yes side or the uh, no side on that prop? I would take the yes side. Yeah, I think, I, I think he's I think he's done. I just think he doesn't want If I were him, I'd be done too. Yeah. It looks like he's in pain. He talked about retiring last year. I think he wanted to give it one more shot. And that's it. So we'll come back. See if we have a little bit of fun audio for you. And we'll break down Eagle Saints. It's Mike and Dane on FST. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Were you scammed into signing a timeshare contract? And did you miss the part that said you have to pay for your great idea? Not only for the rest of your life, but when you're not here anymore, you get to pass this turkey onto your family for them to pay for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Dad. Don't burden your family down the road, and don't be stuck with expensive timeshare payments forever. Get out of your bad idea, timeshare contract guaranteed, or pay nothing. Call Resort Release today and learn for free how their timeshare Exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people and they're A plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed. Call NOW 800 804 7060. 800 804 7060. 800 804 7060. That's 800 804 7060. The morning after. Sports anchors are the worst. Not the all of you. I don't want to sell yeah. everybody, but you know the local guy? And in sports tonight, the Mets lost 4-3. <laughs> it's like, dude, you didn't watch the game, right? You're sitting there like you're banging the makeup chick in the back room. Hey, I'm Steve Obermeyer, and tonight on News Action Channel 2, the New York Jets have a new head coach. Details at 6. I always love when these guys give their take. Adam Gase is a great hire. <laughs> Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Sorry, I unprofessionally took a bite of food. Too close to the bike. So I was just trying to do it. You these things out, Louie. Come on. I know. Breakfast it's an RX bar. That's the most bar. important meal of the day, though. Now, you take Breakfast. one bite of an RX bar, you're in it. Yeah. You're in for like two oh, and a yeah. half minutes. That's like 45 seconds at least. Word. I, I did. Basically, as soon as we went to break, I can't even get through this thing. <laughs> so That's the right. DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf. I could barely do it. It is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for Vandal and DraftKings. <laughs> oh, can't do it. Ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tip subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's I hear DailyRoto.com. That's DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code right. GOLF19, go to the betting right. tab, and select golf. There's, you know, over there on yeah. our friends at DailyRoto.com. Yeah. DailyRoto. I finished it. DailyRoto.com, <laughs> click on Go Premium, click on golf. You could have done that a lot earlier, by the way. DailyRoto.com. Ah, I kind of wanted to hear <laughs> how you were going to get through it, bro. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Terribly. <laughs> DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. So uh, our buddy Mike Leone that we often have on the Sunday shows, uh, he 
he uh, he went in on Naeem Hines last week. He recommended sure Naeem did. Hines, and uh, he played Naeem Hines. And one of his friends and a well-known DFS player, CSU Ram 88, that's uh, Peter Jennings, uh, yeah. he stated that he also played Naeem Hines and won, and won money. We have a little audio of uh, Mike Leone calling Peter Jennings and calling the hotline to find out exactly how it is he made money. Go ahead, Pavona. Listen, I understand you can't come to the phone because you're busy cashing tickets, and that's got to be pretty profitable. But this mother CSU Rams, this mother he says, play Naeem Hines, play Naeem Hines, play Naeem Hines. And I'm sitting here, and I see nine goddamn And you're telling me I'm supposed to win some money playing nine goddamn And CSU Rams, this mother I don't see where it happens. And you guys are busy cashing tickets? What tickets? I want to know what tickets you're cashing. Because I played Naheem Mines. I'm not cashing any tickets. I played a lot of Naheem Mines. I am not cashing any bother tickets. So I just want to know what tickets you guys are cashing. Peace. So there you go. That's Mike Leone, our very own Two Hats on Twitter at Two Hats One Mike. Uh, writes for Daily Roto, does podcasts for Daily Roto. He is. Uh, an extraordinary DFS player, and that was his reaction. He, he says that he hopes, uh, via Twitter, he said, I hope Peter, who's CSU Ram, knows that, A, he was kidding and loves him, B, he recommended Naeem Hines to everyone, <laughs> C, he was intoxicated, and D, he will leave oh, another word. voicemail. <laughs> yeah, D, he will leave another voicemail this weekend. Uh, post another Saturday of going all in on Naeem Hines, which he expects to do again. So, um, yes, most of the jokes on Twitter were that, yeah, you didn't really have to clarify that you were intoxicated. That was, you know, that was Saturday night. He was bummed that he had, uh, he even said on Twitter, like, I remember I followed Leone, and he's really funny on Twitter, and he was saying that not only did he go all in on Naeem Hines, but he late swapped a bunch into Doug Baldwin to try to save himself Oof. on Saturday night, and it did not work out. He had a good Allen Robinson day on Sunday, so uh, kudos to him. But we just thought we'd have a little fun there. So uh, I also had shares of Naheem. I also had shares of Naheem Hines last Same. week. I also I didn't win anything about Naheem Hines last week. So I I, I empathize with him, and I think it's absolutely hysterical. I will say this um, this week. I'm heavy on Marlon Mack because I do like the Colts to keep it close. I do like Mack running behind that offensive line. I do like running against the Chiefs' run defense. I do think the Colts might try to run the ball to keep Patty Mahomes off the field a little bit, although you made a great point yesterday, and Davis Maddock made a great point yesterday, that they aren't really running a lot of plays and don't need a lot of plays in order to score. I still like Marlon Mack at 7,300. I like Damian Williams at 6,100. And I like Darren Sproles at 5,400 at some running backs if you want to go off the, you know, the girly Zeke Kamara kind of uh, tier. Yeah, I started talking about, uh, like, the Chiefs and the time of possession thing uh, about midseason because it starts to become a – I feel like it starts to become a little bit of a false narrative. And since I was doing shows in Marshall Falk, who better to ask? But, like – right. I was like, back in 99 and 2000, 2001, you guys didn't really care about time of possession, right? And he's like, no. He's like, we we knew we were going to score. 
We didn't care if somebody else was winning time of possession. The only time it becomes an issue is when you're trying to run your four-minute offense at the end of the game. Right. If it's a closer game, you want to be able to churn out first downs, take some time off the clock, kneel it out, go home. But realistically, he didn't care if they lost the time of possession in every game because they were outscoring teams at a great pace. Back then, you know, that was the first offense that really – I shouldn't say it's the first one. But that was one of the offenses that really started blowing people's doors off. You know, you had oh, yeah, the, the run and shoot. Yeah, you had the run and shoot teams of the mm. early nineties, like with the Oilers. The Oilers, yeah, yeah, the Warren Moon Oilers. You had teams like that, and obviously the Dan Marino Dolphins put up five thousand yards passing it at a time when that was unheard of. But um, Marshall basically stated that, and I think the Chiefs probably feel the same way. That's fine if you guys win a time of possession. We're putting up 32 uh, at a minimum, and we're going to win this game going away. Yeah, you know, I hear you. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that I like Marlon Mack and DFS this week for other reasons. You know, maybe the sure. idea of keeping Mahomes off the field is, you know, like the least of those reasons. But give me this Indianapolis Colts offensive line. Give me, you know, trying to fade the Chiefs run defense, shall we say. But I think you're right with a team as explosive at this that just feels like they're going to score every time. It don't matter. Um, then whatever. It's on the other team to kind of hold serve. So we only got a few minutes left. The, other, the last game is uh, New Orleans, who holds a 2-1 advantage uh, in their postseason over the Eagles. In their last postseason meeting, the Saints defeated the Eagles 26-24 in the 2013 NFC wildcard round, all the way back in early 2014. So Philadelphia leads the all-time series 17-14. We know the Saints won the, they won the NFC South title for the second consecutive year. It's the first time ever that they did that in two years in a row. Uh, they're one of three teams to average at least 30 points per game, along with the Rams and Chiefs. So, Breeze, you know, he sets the completion percentage record. Mike Thomas, franchise record with 125 receptions. The Eagles, courtesy of Trayvon Hester, nobody else, uh, won that game last week. And what do you got here? Do you think this is doors blown off like 48-7 like last time? I think it is slightly closer, but I do think it's more than an eight-point game. I think the Eagles can keep it close for like two maybe two and a half quarters, and then as soon as the Saints, you know, score back-to-back, that crowd is going to stand up, get crunk. I think the Saints get a working margin. I'm taking the Saints. I'm laying the eight points. Call it something like 31-17, or with the total at 51, you could call it 31-20, something in that range. I actually like those scores. I think that's right around, right around where I'd be. I'll yep. make it 34. I'll make it, what is the, what is the total again? 51, so that's 31-20 on the nose, but, yeah. So I'll do 34-20. That's my you score. like the over? 34-20. Yeah. Yep. The only other thing I'll say on this game, I've been saying it all week long, I like Darren Sproles in DFS. I think he's going to have the most touches of any Philly running back. And I really like Ted Ginn Jr. He's at the minimum, and I believe he is. He will be the second most productive wide receiver for these New Orleans Saints, who we expect to score over 30 points. Cool. So um, let's do it again. So we both like the Saints uh, yes. over the Eagles and to cover. Uh, yep. We, I like the if I'm if you're making me pick it, I'm gonna pick the Rams to cover uh, in too. that game. You know, something like the the total is. I'll take it. I'll take it under. I'll say like yeah. twenty seven seventeen. 
That's I agree that's with mean. you, but I can't give out the under officially because, you know, I told you I promised I never would. But we're <laughs> two for two. You said well, we see it 75% the same or 100%. I'm intrigued. We so said far, 75%. We're two for two. Yeah, so far, let's we're two go. For two. Let's see. Colts, Chiefs. What do you got? I'm on the Colts, Colts plus five. Chiefs. I'm on the Colts plus five. Colts. I might even take the Colts on the money line, but go ahead. Give me a score. Oh, a score? Uh, it's a close one. Give me Venetary maybe in the cold, right? You know, 28-27, 30-28, something like that. Close. I'm going to reverse course. I think the Chiefs will win this one, but I will keep it close. I'll still take the points. Okay. Uh, I, think it's too, I think the over is too many. I think it is. So let me get. So what are you, 28-27, 27-24 in that range? 28-24, Chiefs. And I'm going to take the Chargers with the points. I'll pick New England winning by field goal. Goskowski field goal. I'll keep that one low as well. I hope my Chargers keep it going, baby. Let's go. 24-21. Pats. That's it, folks. We're out. Enjoy the games this week. It's the best weekend of football. Absolutely. Dane, I'll talk to you on Monday, buddy.